coming to you live from a fogged out apartment somewhere in the United States. It's the TH Cinema Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the TH Cinema Podcast. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, is the gobble to my gobbles, <laughs> the marshmallows to my sweet potato pie. Fun. Snort. Hi. Silent John. Hello. And joining us today on our special episode, Super Fan Jazz. Hey, gobbly gooker. (laughs) (laughs) And Frank couldn't be here today. So we just finished smoking a little bit of weed. And Jazz just finished eating a little bit of brownies. (laughs) We high, we high. Yup. And today for Thanksgiving, we're doing kind of like a fansgiving. And Chaz is choosing the movie that we are going to be watching. All right, all right. All right, Chaz, so what do, you, what do you have in store for us, buddy? So I had, a, you know, obviously a couple different options. I was kind of feeling you guys out on that. And with, you know, the, the way that I think this season played out, I, I feel like it's time to go into some a, a Thanksgiving movie-esque, but also a comedy, maybe a little bit of nostalgia in there with uh, Son-in-Law. Starring uh, Pauly Shore. Nice. A, a, a very fitting the Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, Weezing the, the juice. <laughs> See, I was around for the Pauly Shore days. I remember the Pauly Shore days. As as do I. I have uh, no Pauly Shore knowledge at all. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, this is going to be like a major Pauly Shore intro for Snort and I both, I think. But I'm weirdly excited for it. Well, being a stoner who's in the Midwest, I kind of uh, associate with this movie currently. Because <laughs> it's it's a story about a girl who brings her stoner Polly Shore boyfriend home from UCLA or whatever to meet her Midwest farm dad for Thanksgiving. So, so it's, it's a Thanksgiving movie. Okay, well, Chaz and Dan, when was the last when's the last time you guys watched this movie? Um, twelve years ago. Yeah, it's pretty much in the same boat. Like back in the days when it was on Comedy Central's like Thanksgiving rotation when nobody was at the studio actually doing anything, so they just put it on every three or four hours. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's the same. There was a, there was a time which I think it was just before they started doing Teen Mom or right maybe around that. <laughs> they were they were feeling out the uh, MTV was their their thing and Comedy Central. They were they were competing back and forth. It felt like. See, I jumped on the Teen Mom train watching. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't on the Polly Shore side. <laughs> that was your era. Polly Shore died so that you could watch MTV. Yes. So, okay, do you guys think 12 years later that this movie is is this going to hold up for us today? <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's going to be fucking a fucking A24 movie or anything. It's, it's still a Polly Shore movie. <laughs> I think it's a sweet, no. like, Thanksgiving story, kind of. You have to kind of deal with Polly Shore the entire time, <laughs> but so did the Midwestern dad who's dealing with Polly Shore, so you feel for it. I feel like uh, Polly Shore ages uh, very similar to Cheech and Chong in, uh, 
in ways of the comedy, there may be things I'm curious to see how sensitive it is as far as with, you know, things about modern day. But I do feel like there's certain things that are unanimously culturally hilarious. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I'm expecting to laugh my ass off. I, I feel like my <laughs> idea of Pauly Shore is just very, like, wacky. So I, I don't know if that's the Pauly Shore we're going to get. I, I don't know if he's going to be chill and laid back. I'm just ready to ride the Pauly Shore train, I guess. Well, for an odd time, we were all on the Pauly Shore train back in the late 90s, mid-90s. He was everywhere, MTV Spring Break, motherfucking Encino Man. Like, there was cartoon versions of him in other shows, like The Simpsons and shit like that. The 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 goofy movie had a cartoon ball. Like Polly Shore was a an American icon for a while for fucking yes. no reason at all. I agree. I agree. I actually watched the goofy movie last weekend in preparation of this. Hell yeah. Yeah, that cheese pizza that just that ages like a fine wine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Polly Shore ages like I don't know. Cottage cheese—that's <laughs> the first thing that popped in my yeah, head. Yep, yeah, that that works. <laughs> I don't—I'm not okay with that. Cottage so, cheese. Well, Ooh. it's very divisive. You know, people like it or don't, and it's always there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the argument is pretty valid when you put it that way. All right, but Polly Shore aside, this is our Thanksgiving Thanksgiving special episode. So we do have some fun Thanksgiving-themed things that Snort has come up with as is per holiday-ish tradition. <laughs> yeah, we've got the Thanksgiving Q&A. And first up is what is everyone's favorite side and dessert at Thanksgiving? All right, well, I'm going to let the, the guest eat first. Jazz? Yes. I'm going to go with um, my favorite side is the rolls. Ooh. Underrated. Yes. Something that if done on a- done average is great. If done horrible, it will ruin the entire meal, I feel. Or if someone no one brings the rolls, this is the first thing I'm looking for. So that's my uh my side. And then uh and you I, I personally I love and maybe it's a Chicago thing, but we dip the rolls into the gravy and just scoop it and just, just pile it on. <laughs> Wow, I've never done that before. Yeah, I have oh, new Thanksgiving plans this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and as well as uh, for my dessert, uh, pecan pie. That is, uh, I I have that every year for my birthday. It is, I can't get enough of it. It's probably the least. It's the it it will probably kill me, but it's it's definitely <laughs> the one thing I can't get enough of in this life. And that's okay. What a way to go. How did how did you die? Well, pecan pie. <laughs> I'd be happy to go out. Yeah, the quote Dean Winchester, if I go like that, I win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dan, what do you got? All right. Well, as far as sides go, I'm going to go with mac and cheese. Just because Thanksgiving mac and cheese is a different kind of mac and cheese. Having a young child all year long, there's nothing but craft. Craft mac and cheese. We go to the fucking, like, you know, restaurant. He wants to order the craft mac and cheese at the restaurant. It's all year round. Thanksgiving is the one time of year where the mac and cheese is fucking fire, no matter what. It's not craft. I couldn't agree more. That's a pretty good argument. What's your dessert, though? Oh, you know what my dessert is. <laughs> Dan's famous cinnamon pie. 
And we finally get to try it. I thought if you would have just cut the cinnamon pie part off of that, that could have been way dirtier. <laughs> yeah, well, I put a cinnamon pie in the oven a little bit earlier. We're going to be eating it a little bit later. We got ourselves a little pie flight worked up. Hell yeah. Jazz, can we mail you a piece of the world-famous cinnamon pie? You do, do. Even if it's got mold on it, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of anthrax sprinkled on. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just slap some dry ice in there. It'll get there fine, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be overnight, right? Right. We, we can make that It'll be fine. Yeah, it's not too far. You guys are looking at me like it's my turn. All right, John, what do you got? You both have made great points. Rolls, mac and cheese, they're obviously favorites. But I just got to go with stuffing. It's the all-time classic. I know everybody likes the box one, but I occasionally like a good homemade one. If someone wants to take the time, I really appreciate that. When it comes to dessert, I don't know. Over the years, I've become more of an apple pie guy. A little, I mean, it's not super traditional, but it seems to pop up frequently at Thanksgiving. So I'll go with that. I can see that. Like, apple pie is a nice, like, simple pleasure from an earlier time. It's like that throwback. Very good. All right, Snort, what's on your menu? Oh, mine's easy. Mashed potatoes and, um, what was my dessert? Pumpkin pie. Easy and classics. You'll never stray from pumpkin pie, will you? No, probably not. I mean, I like any pie, but I have to have a piece of pumpkin pie, or it's not Thanksgiving. <laughs> Who's kidding? I'm having more than one piece. What what kind of pies do we have in line for pie flight? Uh, pumpkin, apple, and cinnamon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we didn't even plan this. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a fansgiving miracle. <laughs> the only thing missing is the brownie. <laughs> Damn. Jazz ate it. There's none left. There's none left. <laughs> right. It was a long hour and a half. <laughs> well, I think between all four of us, we got ourselves a pretty good meal here. <laughs> Not bad. I'm happy. All right. Our next question. I think it's a really interesting question. I'm really curious to see your guys' answer. If you could thank any famous person, living or dead, for their influence on your life. Who would you think? It's it's a tough question. It really is. See, mine came to me pretty easy, like really, really fast. Is I'm thinking this person for them playing a character, and they're super fucking cool though. Carrie Fisher, idol. Her playing Princess Leia, like seeing a badass princess when I was a kid, I feel like really turned me into who I am today. <laughs> That's a pretty pretty solid one. And I mean, I can attest to that. You've been down with Leia since like day one. <laughs> Man, I thought long and hard about this all day and you guys might laugh, but I would probably say Adam Sandler. <laughs> the Sandman? I mean, uh, he's just so damn consistent. And if you just look at his like trajectory in Hollywood, like he just gives no fucks. He's just who he wants to be, which he's going to wear basketball shorts. He's going to show up on the court. He's going to shoot hoops with you. He was there in my childhood. I spent a whole summer watching Big Daddy all the time. Obviously, you have the classics, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. Then you grow up, you watch Punch Drunk Love, you watch Uncut Gems. Like, the dude has range and people need to recognize it. He just, I don't know, he's helped me, like, grow as an adult. Like, who cares what people think? Like what you like. Yeah, much for the same reason as your Adam Sandler is. I think Kevin Smith's mine, obviously. <laughs> We've been talking about him pretty much nonstop for about two months straight at this point. 
saw the man live last week. Uh, yeah, thank you, Kevin Smith. We uh, we predicted this this morning. What was the over under on that? Oh, it was lock <laughs> for sure. <laughs> wow, I I'm gonna have to go with uh, a very personal one to me. Uh, Harold Ramis um, was a huge influence. I'd say between him and uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, growing up was two of the biggest influences in different ways. I think one as a writing and um, directing, and then the other one in a uh, musical aspect. And with uh, Harold, when he when was it when he was in Saturday Night Live in Second City, he was just just a genuine, just a bare human being. And I think just uh, soaking in the knowledge that he has, and uh, that'd be something that I can definitely gain from, as well as appreciate what he's brought to my life. Nice. Jazz, pouring out the heart. Yeah. <laughs> and without rolling into straight chaos. <laughs> because, yes. guys, we started it last year, and the gobble off is back. Our reigning champ, Sloppy Joe, from last year, is not here to reclaim his title. So we're going to have a new champion. <laughs> okay. Where, where do we want to start this? gobble off jazz are you in a place where you are able to gobble <laughs> he's gonna have a very muted Give gobble. Me 45 seconds, 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> are you gonna have to go outside to gobble you could let, let me give me about 45 seconds i can get i can get it <laughs> hopefully it don't cause any nightmares <laughs> every thanksgiving it starts coming back around <laughs> they hear the gobbling That's of the turkey all right let's just save place for this gotta go to my panic room all right, you ready? <clears throat> now we're doing turkey, not Chewbacca, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. turkey. That's that's a deep cut. For the fans <laughs> listening, the rest of you guys can suck it. <laughs> Tell them, Chaz, shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow! Starting off with a banger. That was hella <laughs> impressive. That was a good gobble. Are you guys sure there's not like a turkey outside the door right now? <laughs> that was that was impressive. All right. Well, Dan, I think no, we can't end on me because you know mine's not gonna no. be good. You got to change it up from last year. I, I will actually try, but it's not gonna be great. Well, then let's hear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go 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 go. <laughs> Was that better than last year's? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you just raised your voice. <laughs> That's the only difference. I tried. <sighs> oh, that's a good contender right there. I like to, to pretend like I'm being hunted when I'm a turkey. <laughs> That's where the influence comes from. Yeah, that's where I draw it from. <laughs> that was a terrified turkey. <laughs> well, <Right>. Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You look like it's you're giving going. yourself the Heimlich maneuver. I think we all won because we all got to hear everybody else do <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. 
if you're listening to this podcast, send us a message of who you think won the gobble off. We need the public's vote. (laughs) Your vote matters. (laughs) Okay. Well, after the gobble off, we have to do the Thanksgiving question of what is everyone thankful for this year? I can go first. (laughs) All right. Go ahead, buddy. I I go. Uh, I just, I'm thankful for family, friends, and just good luck at work with projects and things out there. So just very thankful for that and good help. Very nice. We're excited to see all your projects. You've got up your sleeve. Can you do like an announcement on the show when when it's time (laughs) for an announcement? Um, I, you know, I have a hat that I would love to do next time. I will get you next time. Okay. I, I can I can almost almost promise that. I'll take an almost promise. Snort report that's just in breaking news. <laughs> Soon to come. <laughs> oh, so this is just Soon a preview. Come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of enthusiasm we bring here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for me, what I'm most thankful for is pretty much you know, just the company that I keep and the company that I made and just being around people that make me happy, be it family, friends, or acquaintances. I'll, I'll jump. Oh, I can't even talk. I'll jump in on this nice train. I'm thankful for my wife, Ooh, first and foremost. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I'm thankful for our new friend, Chaz. I'm happy you're here with us tonight. Pleasure. And, you know, I'm really thankful for the summer of Smith, Kevin. This was a, a fun time that we had this year. And it's just something that I'll never forget with you guys. So, yeah. yeah. Snort, that leaves you. What are you thankful? Um, I would say, as cheesy as it is, one of the biggest things I'm thankful for this year is this podcast. Because, side note, it's been kind of a shit year for us all. <laughs> and I feel like the podcast is really the thing that brings me the most joy. <laughs> in this year so i'm very thankful for it fucking checks out same i third that cheers i'll drink to that hell yeah cheers y'all well that's all i got for thanksgiving happy thanksgiving guys happy thanksgiving everyone happy thanksgiving all right well for thanksgiving we do have on the lineup the jazz pick of son-in-law which is starring mr (laughs) mr paulie shore and the plot, like I said earlier, is just it's pretty much just Polly Shore getting into hijinks as a giant toddler man <laughs> that's working on pretending to work on a farm. Well, so he's a he's a pothead, he's a toddler man, he's on a farm. Where does it end? He's Polly Shore. <laughs> and at this time in Polly Shore's career, his his Polly Shore character pretty much just like dissolved into the natural world at the same time it was kind of the worst performance art piece that the 90s had to offer outside of Limp Bizkit side note when I was IMD being Polish Shore to see if I had seen anything with him in it which I haven't other than the goofy movie <laughs> um, he's in multiple like Limp Bizkit music videos <laughs> That sounds Not about surprised. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, knowing as little as I do, yeah, that seems like it checks out for some. 
Chaz, were you a were you a Polishore fan, or was he just there for you? <laughs> oh, he was. I was a fan. There was about <laughs> four performances in my lifetime that epitomized my my life. I know you probably can't tell that now. Was Wayne's World, Bill and Ted, Airheads with Brenda Fraser, and then Polly Shore movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically me. So I. I Though I don't agree with his personal uh, his personal life and his choices, uh, I think if you take him in the context of a film and as like a secondary, maybe third character, then it's it's home run for me. You know, this just came to me. You know what I feel like I'm comparing Polly Shore to in my head with no context at all. And tell me if I'm close to there. Is he basically? What's his name? Uh, Derek from Good Place. Rafi. What's his name? Jason Manzukis. Yeah. Is he that of the 90s? <laughs> like, if you put it in Day Glow and made it not so edgy, maybe. Okay. Not so, really not so edgy? Yeah. Polly Shore wasn't like, maybe for the time he was like on the cusp of edgy, but he wasn't like edgy edgy he wasn't like pushing the boundaries too bad he's not gonna like jason manzuka stab you in the fucking stomach and scream in your face and <laughs> run away it, that, that that wasn't Polly shore's yeah. bit Polly shore was more annoying than anything else i would say i would say probably the 90s version of maybe a uh, a version of a steve-o oh. felt feels a little closer yeah okay now I'm getting a vibe. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit more yeah. in line. I feel like I, I like that that better than the Jason Manzukas. <laughs> like that comparison for somebody like Polly Shore. Because I really do like Jason Manzukas a lot, but he's he's just chaos. <laughs> and you have to be in the perfect mindset for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and Polly Shore was big in his time. He did do a lot of movies. He was in fucking Biodome with Stephen Baldwin, which I watched that at a very young age. And probably formed a little bit too much of my comedy likings than it should have at that point. Same here. Encino Man with the great, great Brendan Fraser. And he was really everywhere way back then. And then just everyone realized that we were all collectively tired of Polly Shore shit and put him on the fucking shelf. Did he get like Thanos snapped? Like just from existence for a while? Oh yeah, he even did a movie where uh, it was like an indie film called Polly Shore is Dead. Mm-hmm. where he played himself and I don't even remember the fucking plot. It was that inconsequential. I just remember that he like that it existed and it was a kind of like an umwat thing, but not. Yeah. It felt like he was on the decline just before that movie. And that was kind of his last hurrah, if you will. And he's done things beyond that. He still does comedy, but feels a little bit more like that. Those musicians that do the county fairs in a way. <laughs> Well, that's that's quite. Which the hey, fall. I'd love to have that gig. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's pretty easy. That's a pretty easy concert to do. All right, guys. Well, are we ready to jump into the Thanksgiving classic that is Polly Shore's son-in-law? Let's do it. I was gonna say I was ready to get stuffed by Polly Shore, but that just <laughs> different connotations. So yeah, let's let's do this, guys. All aboard! We're coming ashore. <laughs> All right, let's go watch Son of Law. And now, our feature presentation. 
All right, we found the movie, and we all had snacks, and now we're back, and we just watched Son-in-Law. Yep, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Very fitting. Pauly Shore in this fucking movie, Mm, I've got problems. I've got a couple of problems, because, like, they tried to make Pauly Shore, like, a sex symbol (laughs) at certain points in this. Wait, wait, you're telling me you didn't view him in that manner? <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe I'm not as adventurous as, you know, I thought I was, but I get that this was the time of Steven Tyler and Aerosmith, but I like Polly Shore like being somebody that two girls are fighting over doesn't really like register in my head for some reason cuz he acts like a goddamn man-child toddler throughout this entire movie when he's sitting on the shore with the bucket in his lap talking to the guy after he threw the fishing pole in the water. I'm like, that's my kid. That's my fucking kid right there. I will take your Polly Shore and I will raise you Pete Davidson. (laughs) (laughs) And okay. So yes, I, I, I get it because I thought I was going to hate Polly Shore. Like before we were watching this movie, I thought I was going to hate it because I thought I would not be able to stand him. I really kind of liked him. He's great. He's just like he's stupid, but he's kind of sweet. All right, you're you're to blame for this one, Jazz. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually gonna agree with someone on this one. I I think I went into this movie with this this feeling of like he's gonna just annoy the shit out of me. Twenty minutes and I'll be over it. But as the movie went on, I was just like. Man-child aspect aside, I was like, I kind of feel for Polly Shore. I want him to be a part of the family, so I'm happy with the way this movie went. Good, awesome. Yeah, but there to start this movie off, there isn't a lot of Polly Shore in this Polly Shore movie because we're starting off in South Dakota. Anytime there's like an Oda at the end of something, it needs that Minnesota accent. So South Dakota. <laughs> nice little flair you had to it. Thank you. Yeah. And we meet Carla Guglielmo's Rebecca, who's like valedictorian of this small farmer school in the middle of Farmer Town, in the Midwest, and she's moving out to scary, scary California to go to college. And you're looking at this through the Midwestern lens of these scary, weird, hippie, liberal Californians are going to convince my daughter to be evil and have sex and get tattoos and they weren't wrong (laughs) to an extent. Like she literally embodied their fears and came back for Thanksgiving. The thing they were most afraid of dragging along Polly Shore on top of it. They were afraid she'd come back as a Manson girl. (laughs) That's what they were afraid of. The cult of shore. (laughs) That's the worst nightmare. (laughs) The weasel. A bit of charisma <laughs> in the in the PSU. I feel like Polly Shore was just full of one-liners, but it was all strictly yeah the pronunciation of the words he said. Yeah, There's so much of Polly Shore's dialogue is inflection based, and that's it. Yes, that's all the substance it has. But I think he does it so well. Like it's funny. He's just a an MTV generation version of William Shatner. <laughs> I would say that or Forrest Gump. <laughs> there was one scene that felt so <laughs> Forrest Gumpy to me. I'm glad that you said that. So Becca gets to her liberal arts college out in California, and 
you know, she she starts meeting all these weird folks. You've got the lesbian, and you've got the weird hanging upside down RA played by Polly Shore, and finally Polly Shore is in the Polly Shore movie. And she's not really feeling the vibe. She's not digging it. She misses home. And during the big Halloween party, which does feature one of the best cameos <laughs> in any movie fucking ever, I think Silent John's mouth was like a gape on the floor at the sight of him. Yeah, what a fun treat for Brendan Fraser to show up. Not a lick of dialogue, but he was there, and that's all I needed out of this movie. Yeah, Pauly Shore definitely had a lot of cred back then that he could pull, because there was the other cameo. What was the other one? Oh, yeah, like Flea pops up as the uh, fucking yeah. tattoo artist. <laughs> like, Pauly Shore had some, like, pull back in that day to, to pull in some friends to come do movies with him. Be honest, though, getting Flea to be in a nostalgia movie is not that hard. We're talking about Flea from Back to the Future 2, star of Back to the Future 2, <laughs> Robert Zemeckis. I, he worked with yeah. Zemeckis, okay? And during the Halloween party, she becomes friends with Polly Shore, and Polly Shore shows her the joys of being out there on her own and discovering herself. And makeover. Yep, montage of, <laughs> of, of, all over the place. And she's really digging like what she's into now. But now it's time for Thanksgiving because this is a fucking Thanksgiving movie, so she's got to fly home. And Polly Shore isn't going home for Thanksgiving or whatever, so Carla Guglielmo Becca invites him along to to come and meet the family in South Dakota, and that's exactly what happens. And it goes exactly as you would think. Like she gets off the plane in all her California gear, and she's shortly followed by Mr. Polly Shore doing a full Steven Tyler fucking look down the fucking runway walkway. Caras- carousel? I don't know. Like, jetway, that's the word. Found it. <laughs> and the family is rightfully terrified, as one would be if Polly Shore was following your daughter off a plane. The father, who, who's the father, Chaz? What was his name? Um, Lane Smith. Yeah, Lane Smith. Just, he plays that stoic dad role so well. But I've seen him in other stuff as that kind of like stoic evil asshole, but you actually get to see him having a little bit of fun later in the movie, and that's fun. Yes. And then the grandfather, I don't know who the fuck he is. You mean Mitch McConnell himself? That's exactly who this guy was. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, Mitch McConnell over there fucking whittling on the porch throughout the entire movie eventually also gets to find his fun place with Polly Shore. And that's all this movie is. It's like, it's a story of acceptance and this weirdness coming into this family with a little bit of like, just straight out fucking lying about shit. Happy Thanksgiving. That's what you got to do sometimes when you go back to your family (laughs) for Thanksgiving, straight up lie about how everything's going. Yep. And on the other side, it's also got Polly Shore trying to, like, fit in with this family. Like, try to fit into the farmer lifestyle. And that's where a lot of the comedic bits come from. With Polly Shore trying to essentially be a fucking farmer. That's where I think a lot of the heart comes into it, too. Is that, like, he went to this new place and is outside of his comfort zone. And instead of just being, like, an asshole like everyone else. Like, he wants to, like, 
Learn the ways of the land. Yeah, Big Theo is straight up being a fucking dick to him, pushing him into a giant pile of shit on his first day as a farmer. <laughs> like, that's straight up abuse and an OSHA violation at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he, he put up with Theo shit for as long as he did. But I appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Face first into it. Yeah. But I appreciated, like like you said, Snort, kind of just how endearing it was. Like this California boy who they thought was the weirdest fucking dude they've ever seen is legitimately trying, you know? And I, I like that that was the last thing they would have expected. And was he good at it? No. But he's got heart, damn it. But hey, he's a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, but the entire story pretty much culminates with like, Becca trying to break up with her ex-boyfriend by pretending Polly Shore is her new fiance. Yeah, because he tries to propose to her like a bajillion times. Seriously, dude, take a fucking hint. Read the room. And the family, understandably, again, not too accepting of her uh, getting married to this man-child from California when they're good farmer folks, but he's doing his best. Yeah, but as their fake engagement goes on, Polly Shore becomes more and more endeared to her family, and they become more and more accepting of all of his little quirks and his, like, idiosyncrasies. Well, and she seems like she, like, starts actually liking him, not just as a friend, too. Yeah. The Gla romance starts to bud. Glass wall shattered, because, again, Polly Shore has the, the dude that's being lusted after when he's literally, like, Jumping around in PJs. Again, I'm seeing it through the eyes of a father of an eight-year-old, and all I'm seeing is an eight-year-old dressed like Steven Tyler. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's someone I'd want to be friends with. <laughs> that's someone you kind of are friends with, so <laughs> let's be fair. But the big stuff happens after uh, her ex-boyfriend's like third proposal when... No, wait, second proposal. It's between the second and third proposal at Crawl's bachelor party. Okay. And Tiffany Thiessen shows up of Saved by the Bell fame. Mm -hmm. And they both just get straight up fucking roofied. As one does. Like, like it happens, yeah. Because the master plan is to set it up and make it pretend that they slept together on that night and the fake engagement's over and then... The boyfriend can go for the third fucking proposal, and it's all on Thanksgiving. Like, don't these people have better shit to do first off? Just the thought process involved. The third proposal, you're going bigger, you're going home. Let's just roofie people. Let's let's say they cheated. This will surely, surely get her to say yes this time around. Like, come on. I mean, it won't. Don't call me Shirley. I walk into it every time. No, and Tiffany Thiessen, like, what are you doing, girl? Have some fucking respect for yourself. You're banging this dude on the side. Yeah, we get that, whatever. But, like, you're actively involved in this plan for him to propose to his ex-girlfriend a third time. And standing by while someone else gets roofied. Like, <laughs> she knew about it. She's just, like, aspiring to be a side piece for life. At this. And fucking Theo guy that's been an asshole this whole time was in on the drugging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Theo, like, hated Polly Shore from the beginning. He wanted him gone. I thought he was part of the family, though. Like, until, I guess, he fired him at yeah. the end. I just thought he was, like, an uncle or something. Which, in most cases, would be 
seems like. Yeah, but if your uncle is drugging your future son-in-law, you still fire your uncle and kick him <laughs> off the land. <laughs> but you can see where Theo would be... Well, no, you can't see where Theo would be coming from, but Theo's worried about his job, okay? You've got this kid from California, fresh ideas. He's on rollerblades, spitting grain out the side. He's, he's coming up with plans. He can drive a combine like a motherfucker. He's just intimidated. Yeah, he's worried about pre- preserving his uh, his way of life. His spot on the farm. Mm-hmm. Certainly. But then Polly Shore and Tiffany Amber Thiessen get found in the farm barn by Rebecca Gugnio. <laughs> Don't you <laughs> laugh at me, bitch. Farm barn? <laughs> that was funny. Well, now it's gone. No, it's still there. It's still <laughs> equally funny. And Carla Gugnio breaks up with Polly Shores. The fake engagement's off. And within literally like seven to ten minutes, this whole thing is wrapped up with a little fucking bow. Like the entire first and second act felt like it was fucking saving Private Ryan. It was fucking <laughs> three and a half hours long. And then like commercial break, ten minutes later, up third act's wrapped up. Done. Perfect movie for TV. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm weirdly surprised I never caught this movie on TV because I could easily see this yeah like you guys were talking about in the beginning just being rerun on Comedy Central consistently yeah it's not raunchy it's not too raunchy to not be shown there's nice places where after these messages we'll be right back can pop in there and this is a good like Sunday morning like greened out cleaning your apartment movie definitely I could see it being played on like a CMT present day just with a completely different lens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get like a Cosby in there. They see that scene. They're like, hey, I got some ideas. <laughs> These are the liberals that are coming to take our farms. It's unfortunate how relevant this movie still kind of is when you put it in that perspective. Oh, you weren't thinking that the whole time? That's all that was going through my head the entire time. No, the first 10 minutes, I was like, I hate how... How much this is relatable. You mean how much this movie plays to the Midwest? Yes. I've seen too much of this shit, unfortunately. Guys, I just remembered. There's a whole character that we haven't talked about at all. Who did we miss? The weird brother. Oh, my God. Killing me small. Oh, the kid from the sandlot. Yeah. Okay, okay. We're just going to do a quick recap on this kid because we already wrapped the whole movie. This kid comes out swinging with the Seduce Me Please t-shirt. I just, what a horn dog. And, and, and like, it gets less creepy as it goes, but he, yeah, he comes on way too strong. I'm like, hold on, how old are you? Yeah, this kid's digging through uh, random ladies' underwear drawers. You, you uh, through to, his sister's underwear, like a fucking weirdo. This, you need a spray bottle for this kid. No. <laughs> Treat him like a dog. Yeah, Pat, was it Patrick Rayna, I think is his name? Yeah. On point yeah. with playing the annoying little brother. Yeah, I mean he he did that a while for it back in that era. Yeah, but yeah, that that kid just chubby cheeks, <laughs> lovable and uncomfortable at the same time. Somehow, it really exemplifies my own personal childhood. <laughs> Are you telling me you relate to this, the the police seduce me kid? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I do have a question though about this movie. Because the way it ends, like, you don't really know what happens. 
do they st- stick through their engagement, or do they end up really breaking up when they go back home? Okay. What do you think? Are we fantasy plotting son-in-law too? Yeah. Oh, is there a second one? No. God, I hope not. I'm I'm sure there was one written at some point that they just shelved indefinitely. Okay, I think the plot of Son-in-Law 2 would be, I think it would take place like current day. Okay, it's been like 20, fuck no, oops, ouch, that hurts. It's been 30 years. It's been 30 years since Son-in-Law came out. Hold on a second. I need to process that for a second. Sorry, Chaz. You're right. It's been 30 years since Son-in-Law came out. <laughs> Polly Shore has been running the farm with Rebecca since Walter passed away, which was like five years ago. And their son, who is now 18 and about to go to college, is doing the exact same thing his mother did, and he's going to a liberal arts college out in California. But Pauly Shore's been out there. He's been out there for a while. He's been out in the Midwest, watching some Fox News with Walter. Getting turned. And now he's upset that his son's going out to these liberal-ass college schools, and his son brings back a lady friend. A hipster. He brings back a boyfriend. There you go. And Polly Shore needs to come to terms with this. And it opens up his eyes and brings him back to the good side. Yeah. I I like it, except in my movie, he goes to New York. I think that'll be a little bit better. Fashion school. Yeah. Because his dad was so fashionable <laughs> back in the exactly. day. I, I won't ask for much from the second one. I just want the son to be named Walk. That's that's about <laughs> it. If, if we could just insert that into your guys' movie, then I'm happy with Son-in-Law 2. Okay, Chaz, what's your demands for <laughs> Son-in-Law 2? My demands, I like the idea of the Son-in-Law 2, the, um, the son Walk, going to Florida to a tech school that mom and dad are going to have no idea what to expect and then going you know coming back with like a boyfriend that would that would be pretty appropriate i think coming back crazy florida man oh yeah yeah because new york's gonna bring like it's not gonna bring the craziness and the like fish out of water scenario as good as somebody from florida yeah because that's just wild card bitches might get some bath salts involved (laughs) oh it's florida there's definitely some bath salts involved all right, but that was son-in-law and son-in-law too. <laughs> I like our son-in-law too. I kind of wish it existed. Hey, you know what? I I can get Polly Shore. I'd bet for under three thousand bucks for the. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking sold. All I, right, I will. He probably has like a cameo for like fifty bucks. Just send him a message on there. We'll we'll get to him one way or another. Is Michael Sarah too old to play the son? <laughs> he might be too old to play the son, but he's not too old to play the son's boyfriend. No, okay. no, 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 no. Let him Perfect. play the son. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like Michael Sarah is awkward enough just to make it work. All right. And that was a great Thanksgiving choice, Jazz. Thank you for, for bringing that to us and having us experience that. 
Absolute pleasure. You're welcome. Yeah, I am way more delighted than I thought I would be at the end of this two and a half, no, hour and a half long movie. It was an absolute blast. Yeah, it was fun. I think it's an underrated Thanksgiving movie. Like, I, once again, I've never heard of this movie. Like, I don't hear people talk about watching it at Thanksgiving. So, so I guess I got to ask, since I was, I won't say I was blown away by Polly Shore, but... Since I was into it more than I imagined, should I go deeper? What do you guys think? Oh, I think we need like one of those like professional brain unbrainwashers or whatever that they use for cults. Because I think John's starting to get in a little bit too deep. Yeah, so, we, need, we need to bring him. He's gone too far into shore. We need to bring him back to the safe yeah, we, water. The we, waters. We need uh, one of those deprogrammers. Guys, help! I'm drowning. Please. So, so one and done on the shore. No, you can you can dibble dabble in a little bit of shore. Just you don't want to get like addicted to it because <laughs> it's a dark spiral. It is indeed. I will I will choose my next couple wisely, I suppose. All right, but that is going to do it for our Thanksgiving episode. And this episode started as like a fansgiving, but it feels like it's gotten to be more of a friendsgiving episode. Thank you, Chaz, for coming and joining us this week. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, whether it's been Original Recipe or Extra Crispy. <laughs> oh, it's always Extra Crispy. <laughs> All right. And coming up next, we're going to start getting into our uh, Christmas programming block. We've got a couple of fun things lined up for Christmas. Um, we're still going to try to go see Black Panther at some point, so that could drop or that could not. We're not sure, but... Yeah, we've got episodes coming also. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> schedules are all fucked up right now, but it's all it's all good. You'll get content, don't worry. Something's coming, who the fuck knows? We don't. It's a surprise. <laughs> and if you want to find out what we're doing after we find out what we're doing. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at THCML Podcast. Uh, make sure to give us a rating and review if you have not already. Five stars. Leave a comment. All right. And that's going to do it for this week. So if you see four people who are driving a combine into a field that they probably shouldn't be driving at that moment because they're all extremely, extremely high, come over and say hi. That might just be us. Okay. Bye. Bye. The party is over. <laughs> Later. Munch, munch on that grindage. Grindage. Buddies. Austin, Steve Austin, Sean, Sean Austin, Sean Austin, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. <laughs> That's the bottom line on that. <laughs> what?
I've got an infant. Oh, well, we ended. <laughs> Snort report. This just did. I am changing my answer for my favorite dessert. After our snacks, it is now Dan's world famous cinnamon pie. <laughs> that was your snort report. All right. That's going to be the end bit, Dan. So when you cut this episode together, just put that at the end. Bits and chips. <laughs> Bits and chips 2023. It is almost time for that, isn't it? Yeah. It is. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I've got some good ones saved. <laughs> It's fun because, like, Snort and I have no idea what's what's coming either. Like, we f- forget so much shit that we say on here. It's always a fun treat.